I got that right, didn't you I? You did. All right. Anyway, uh, a couple months ago at a presbytery meeting, I actually asked Bill, I said, you know, Bill, I, I think our church at Calvary could benefit from some of the things you do coming in. And what, what Bill does is he generally comes in and, and looks at the church and kind of the way they do things and, and looks at the community as a whole and, and kind of figures out what, what kind of things might help that church to, to function better within that community going forward. And so anyway, Bill's been in town today just looking around town, asking people about Calvary, what they know about Calvary, and, and uh, just getting a lay of the land a little bit. He's going to be here again tomorrow, but he, he was going to be here tonight. We're going to do this tonight. And I thought, what a great opportunity to have him come speak to us here tonight and share a little bit about, uh, well, just about what he had the Lord lay on his heart to speak to us about. So, so I'm going to ask you to come forward, and I'll get out of your way. All right. Welcome from Midwest Presbytery. Greetings in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. It, it's a joy to be here with you. Um, to, to set up what I'm going to do tonight, I need a volunteer who's good in math. Who's good at addition and subtraction? <laughs> really good. Who's, who feels confident in their ability to function up before the gathered community. Sure, you're on. And your name is? Anne. Oh, this is so embarrassing, though, when math teachers make mistakes. Okay. So what I want you to do, this is November's calendar. You've seen it. I'm sure you're looking at them on your Blackberries or, or whatever, your Android. Um, what I want you to do is pick any block of four numbers across and down and then outline it in red. So it's got to be four both ways. Okay. Now, you're going to pick a number in one of those rows and circle it. Any row. Any row. Okay, all the other numbers in, in that row, either horizontally or vertically, cross out. Okay, you're going to take, you're, you're take another row, circle a number, and then do the same thing. Cross out all the remaining numbers that aren't crossed out horizontally or vertically. Horizontal and vertical. Both and vertical. Okay, um, another row. Okay, and, and then you should have one last row. Okay, add up the four numbers you've circled. Your total should be 68. Yes. Okay. Oh. Yes. Thank you.
if I asked you to follow me in math, would you follow me? Maybe. If you would, why? Why, why would you follow? What, 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 what's the gain? What's the advantage? Well, I know something. That's right. I know something. So that's a critical piece. And, 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 and I began to show you, to, to share it a little bit and show it, display it, right? But there's a missing piece. If you're going to follow me, and you said it, what do I have to do? I know the secret. So what do I have to what do I have to teach you? I have to teach you the secret. I have to I have to apprentice you in in understanding this particular curiosity about math. This is a math square. We could do this with with a variety of different types of math squares. Um, but if but if I taught you what I know if I shared it, right, so I verbally expressed it, I showed it, I displayed it so you could see it, I taught it so that not only had you seen it, modeled, had you heard it, but, but now you have done it yourself, you've become a fully devoted follower of at least this piece of understanding. Okay. I want you to hear the word of God and, and listen to what it says about our following. Okay, First, let's pray. Let's prepare our hearts. Father, we give thanks that you have given us the bread of your word and that it is such a rich feast. It's such an incredibly full table that you've set before us in your word. We, we can hardly take it all in. And, and we pray now, Lord, that you would break that bread and feed us richly, that we might grow in grace and knowledge of you for this end, that we might be fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. So if you want to follow along, you can in 850 of your pew Bibles. And uh, 8.51, actually, and I'll pick up. You've heard this story before. It's from chapter 4, verse 18 and following. The word of the Lord. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and Andrew's brother, casting a net into the sea, and they were fishermen. And then he said to them, what? Follow me and... I'll make you fishers of men. Right. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. So, we're... We don't have a lot of time tonight, and, and, and so we're going to kind of push through this really fast and, and just pick up some of the high points. Jesus calls, and, and what's the response of those he calls? Immediate 
obedience. Jesus calls and they follow, right? And, and they follow, and that following has a cost. That, that Acts 9 story that, that we referenced, um, talking about Saul of Tarsus' conversion and, 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 and renaming Paul, um, has a really potent piece to it because there's a Christ follower in the story, Ananias. And, and the Holy Spirit speaks to him. God speaks to him and tells Ananias he has to go do what? What? He has to go get Saul. Yeah. He, he, he has to go minister to, to the one who's been persecuting the Jews persecuting um, the, the early Christians, those, those first followers of Jesus. So, so if you think this business of following comes without risk, you're wrong. Did you listen to the passage? Jesus calls and they follow and, and they're leaving job, employment, boats, nets, stuff, Right? stuff. But not only that, they're leaving family. James and John hear the call, leave, and, and who's left sitting in the boat? Zebedee, their father. So, so, so the call of Jesus Christ, this call to follow, is, is of primary importance. It's of first importance. And, and everything else is secondary to that. It's not that familiar relationships aren't important, right? But but that that relationship with Jesus Christ is of first importance. He calls and the disciples follow. The question is, where do they go when they follow? So I want you to turn with me back to the end of Matthew, to chapter 28 to another passage I know you know, and read with me, picking up at verse 18. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all the things that I commanded you, and, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age." Did you hear? There's just a couple pieces in here that are mind-blowing. Jesus speaks to them shortly before he ascends back to the Father. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore. That, that go is in the middle voice. And, and, and quite literally what it means is in your going, right? So, so as you're following Jesus Christ, where? Out into the world, in your going, in everything you do. At work and at play, at school, with family, with friends, with strangers. In your going, what are you going to do? Make Disciples. Make fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. How are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? You're going to share 
the word. You're going to show the word. You're going to teach the word. You're going to apprentice a whole nother generation of folks in, into the word so that they can do what you do. Why? Because you're doing what Jesus taught you to do as a fully devoted follower. Share the word. Show the word. You're going to display it in your life. It, it, it's not just going to be words out of your mouth. It's, it's not just going to be a story you tell and share. It's, it's going to have implications for everything you do, for, for all of the choices you make as you live in the world. In your going, make disciples of all nations. How? Baptizing them into community, right? And a particular community. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. A, a, a community that makes us one when we are fully devoted and wholly submitted, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching them, and this is the part we as disciples who aren't always fully devoted hate, right? Teaching them to obey. I don't know about you, but I had a tough time with that word obey growing up, and if the truth be known, probably still don't always do well with it teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you. Every last piece of it. Make disciples. Fully devoted disciples. As you follow Jesus Christ into the world. Right? And, and, and let's be clear that that's exactly where he calls you. So listen to this out of, out of his prayer for the disciples in John 17. He says, as you sent me into the world, I also have sent them. Who? Disciples. You, us, me. I also have sent them into the world. And for their sakes I sanctify myself that they also may be sanctified in me. Right? Sanctified by the truth. And, and yet he doesn't stop there. He says, the glory, we talked about that, the glory which you gave me, I have given them. Why? So that the world might see and know the truth of Jesus Christ. That they might experience it. Right? Let me kick back one second, all the way back to 1710. Jesus says, all mine are yours, yours are mine, and I am glorified in them. You want to know how to make disciples? You so follow Jesus Christ that he is glorified in you, in your words, in your life, in, in the things you do, large and small. The way you live in the world glorifies the Father in all things and, and, and it's exactly in doing that that you share, you show, you teach. And you have disciples who will follow Jesus Christ. Too often the body of Christ thinks that this business of a relationship with Jesus Christ is just for me, right? 
the relationship with Jesus Christ is for you, for the world. It's for you, for God's kingdom purposes in the world. It, 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 it's, it's for you so that you become, you become part of the mission, part of the plan, part of the, the vision, part of the purpose. It, 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 it's for you because there's a whole world of other children, prodigals all, who are lost and need to see and experience the Father's love so that something new can be in their life and in yours. I'm telling you this from personal experience. In 1968, I was invited on a Young Life weekend by a girl that I was really, really interested in. And because the weekend was a state and a half away from parental supervision, I thought this was a really great idea, right? But, but, but you understand, God, God uses all kinds of things for his divine purposes. And, and on this weekend, he used very human desires to take me to a place and a relationship that I never would have experienced otherwise. And, and I, I heard gospel proclaimed and saw gospel lived in a way that, that I never had seen it before. And, and in a hotel room on the fourth floor of a run-down dump in Atlantic City, New Jersey, and those are the kind of places Young Life rents for weekends because they're cheap, right? In, 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 this, in, in this rat trap of a hotel, on, on my hands and knees, I met a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And, and I had a wonderful young woman of faith who was working with my Young Life Club. And, and I saw her model every day, every day, a joy in the midst of incredible suffering that took my breath away. And here we are. My club leader was named Johnny Erickson Tata. And she was in a wheelchair. And, 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 and she wasn't long out of the hospital. But she'd, she'd met a Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who called her to follow, right? And, and she lived that calling. And, and I, I heard it shared. I saw it displayed in her. And, and, and I received instruction from her in how I might do the same thing. And, and so that you understand how this business of following works, it's not contingent on how much you know right? The disciples were called and they followed how quickly? Immediately. I got home from the weekend and my best friend, Roland Hauser, had grown up in the Catholic Church and I knew he didn't know Jesus Christ because we spent a lot of time together, right? 
and, and I didn't think about, I didn't think about stigma, I didn't think about what he might say, I didn't think about what it might do to, to our friendship. I only knew that, that I had discovered something that was worth sacrificing everything for, risking everything for. And so I went and shared what I had learned with Roland Hauser. And, and, and do you know he received, he heard God's calling in his own life and, and received that gift of, of salvation that, that comes only from God. And here we are. If Calvary is going to be the community of faith that God has called you to be, you've got to be a people who are fully devoted to following Jesus Christ, regardless of the price it calls forth from you. You've got to be a people who are committed in, in, in the whole fabric of your lives from beginning to end because God uses that in, in the most amazing ways and, 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 and will claim folks that, that you never imagined he could have an impact on because in the end, it's not about you. It's all about it's all about his sovereignty. It's all about his glory. It's all about his power. But here's the amazing piece. God so loves us, is so invested in his children, those, those whom he has called, that the glory that was in Jesus Christ is seen in us so that the world can see it. We were messing around a little bit earlier talking about, about worship. So I, I think the way we, we work to a close is to pick up a thread from a completely different faith tradition. The hymn goes like this. Tis a gift to be simple, tis a gift to be free, tis a gift to turn around from where we ought to be. And when we find ourselves in the place just right, Twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend we shan't be ashamed. To turn, turn will be our delight, till by turning, turning we come round right. The song's entitled Simple Gifts. It comes from the Shakers. And while we may not agree on all the theology, that part of the idea is right because metanoia, to repent, is to turn around and go in a different direction, right? Following God's path, pursuing his will, um, seeing the world through his eyes, all this so that something new can be through his grace in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let's uh, conclude our service by rising.